Hi, welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all a work. Okay, we have a whole fucking episode of Dynamite to talk about. And what an episode of Dynamite. Holy crap. So this was the going home show for Revolution. Mm-hmm. And they went home. They went home big. <laughs> they, like, went home and then fucked the girl they had a crush on in high school. <laughs> that, yep, that's how we're going to put that. That, that's in there. <laughs> I mean, look, am I wrong? No, you're really not, which probably makes it better, actually. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but yeah, th- this show kicked off with a 30-minute Iron Man match. First of all, when was the last time you saw an Iron Man match? Well, Aaron, given that I'm what one would call fairly new to watching wrestling regularly. Um, it's a little bit after the last time I saw a strap match. So last month? No, I mean like, like Wednesday. <laughs> so yeah, Kenny Omega and Pac doing a 30 minute Iron Man match. And I really think Kenny just likes opening shows. <laughs> like after so many years of being a main event over in New Japan and DDT and all those other places, just coming over here and opening shows seems to be where he's at now. <laughs> well, so so here's my thing, like and this is no indictment of anyone involved, but AEW crowds will not boo Kenny Omega. They like Kenny gets heat, so he's a perfect warm up for the show. Well, yeah, it's it's just a running start to it. Exactly, a running V trigger start. Yes. <laughs> yeah, early night. Then he gets to coach and produce. Yeah. So my notes here actually break it up a little bit. So the first five minutes are just Kenny going hard and fast all over the place. Until, mm-hmm. uh-huh, <laughs> do you have something to say, Kat? No. <laughs> Until he gets a moonsault to the outside reversed into a DDT, which then leads to the next five minutes being a lot more slow for Pack. So they both got a good chunk of time in this match to really show off how they can work. Right. Very differently. Yeah. And like, it's, it's kind of like there, I mean, like Iron Man matches is because I went and looked up some historic ones and like, basically they just tend to be like, let's show off what we can do (laughs) match. Like, you know, when you're going at it for (laughs) when you're wrestling for 30 minutes, you tend to want to like, not want to, but you tend to have to bring out, like, all of the stops. 
Yeah, you've got to bring everything you've done and and have it pulled off well, because otherwise the crowd's going to be sitting there for the next 10 to 20 minutes wondering how you screwed up that bad. Boy, Kenny, I can't believe you messed up that, I don't know, Katara Crusher. He kind of did miss it, actually, right in the start. <laughs> I know, and that's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, (laughs) uh, but yeah this was like an incredibly entertaining match and like I just had so much fun watching it yeah like I had one eye on the clock so it went a little bit slower than a dynamite show usually feels Mm -hmm. simply because the count is there right but there was so much going on to follow that it still didn't feel 30 minutes you know mm-hmm. and like i mean it's what dynamite usually has what like 15 minute matches on average probably 10 to 15 ish yeah that's they, a good average at least with the top billing like they usually go pretty close to the time limit yeah, yeah. 9 to 15 is about where i would put it um so, like, a 30-minute match versus a 15-minute match, it's effectively got to be two matches mm-hmm. in this case. And in, it's funny you say that, because in this case, they uh, they kind of broke it up right in half there. Yeah, would you, would you look at that? Because <laughs> it was around the 15 or 14-minute mark where uh, Pat got himself disqualified with a steel chair. The first disqualification in AEW, mind you. It was 16. It was at 16 minutes? Okay. Exactly 16. So 14 minutes in. We're just counting different. <laughs> okay, he gets that and then he hits a black arrow to make it 1-1 just right at that halfway mark. Mm-hmm. Which then leads to the crowd chanting bullshit directly at him. <laughs> which is so good to see a bullshit chant that isn't about... Bad refereeing. A bad refereeing or bad decisions or anything like, like in the story, this was bullshit. Right. This this was bullshit in kayfabe. It wasn't bullshit in real life because they needed to satisfy kayfabe. Yep. And I, I can appreciate that. I appreciate the hell out of that. Like, that's a I mean, OK. I know we said we're not going negative. <laughs> So I'll save this for my segment at the end where we we do what's your beef. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so... I mean, like, they, they basically keep it up for the rest of the match, more or less, like... They, they keep up killing Kenny. Yeah, Kenny gets his whole entire everything beat. Yeah, starting with a falcon arrow to the outside. The first time I thought one of those might have actually led to a pin. Yeah, no, like, there there was a lot. Like, just, like, th- how long he held the Brutalizer for. Yeah, I honestly expected him to go a little bit longer with it, but it felt like just the right amount of tension mm-hmm. with what they did do. And then, like, you know, there's always... They did it with... Uh, I mean, it's not the first time they've done it. They did it with uh, Jungle Boy and Jericho's match. Yep, it was, like, a really key feature in that one, too. And it was also kind of a callback to the match they had... I think it was August, the pay-per-view was, August or September, where Pac got his victory over Kenny mm-hmm. by choking him out with the Brutalizer. Yep. So, like, I, I, I do like 
when a finish works that like you know you can make it work again by taking the formula and like adding a little bit extra with the attacking i mean like both matches ended up being we finished the time limit but boy howdy we're gonna keep going yep (laughs) but like the uh i mean anytime there's a ref spot it's always good especially when it leads to a shooting star press through a table on the outside yes because my jaw actually dropped at that spot like i i feel like yeah, the ref bumped really well mm-hmm. i liked how how much of a crowd pop aubrey got <laughs> aubrey gets chance that's awesome i know like when was the last time you heard a ref get like a full crowd chanting at an arena show not just like high school gym or whatever I'm glad you made that distinction because the last time I heard a ref get a chant was in a small auditorium mm-hmm. around like 2003. Mm-hmm. And the chant was uh, the whole ref and show. <laughs> <laughs> and every time this ref came out, people would start chanting that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so, yeah. Then continuing after the timer ended and everything like that. Okay, it's like, how did you take a timer on how long the brutalizer was held in? It was at least two minutes. Yeah, I was gonna say like, and he got it on like two or three times as well. Yeah, but like, I I was very satisfied with the finish. Um, I mean, like, if you have pack win, it puts Kenny in a weird position going into the pay-per-view. Yeah. Because he's coming off of a loss, you know? And it's kind of weird for a feud where the... Like, a a big feud where the heel would go over in the end like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there is one thing I I can say about the end is I've never seen an Iron Man match that didn't go to sudden death or five more minutes or anything like that. And I was like really hoping against hope that they go that for they, the... th- that they would finish it in the original thirty minutes. Nope. I feel like that's a solid like four and a half stars kind of match. Oh, easily. And then, uh, like, obviously, we're very excited about the aftermath of that match because we've got the single greatest booking for any pay per view ever as a result. So um, just to like, if people didn't watch, Tony starts interviewing Pac, Pac doesn't want to hear it. Orange Cassidy comes out, freshly squeezed, no No pulp. pulp. Orange Cassidy gets in Pac's face and gets exactly what you expect out of it. (laughs) Yep. So now at time of recording, tomorrow, we get to watch Pac versus Orange Cassidy. For Orange Cassidy's first official match in AEW, which First official, first official singles match because he was part of the buy-in battle royale. Yeah, where he showed off a little bit and then got thrown right out. He was part of it. Yep. He got a he got a pretty big pop. I'm glad that they waited this long because we've both watched like a lot of Orange Cassidy matches. A lot. And it is worth the wait here. <laughs> if it, okay, you know who I miss though. Swamp Monster. Valid. (laughs) 
Orange Cassidy and the Swap Monster was such a weird dynamic that only Orange Cassidy would go with. Yep. Like, it's just a dude in a ghillie suit. I mean, I was going to say my favorite was Orange Cassidy versus Sue Young, where Young just disappeared halfway through the match. So he had to go looking for her. <laughs> I also enjoyed the um, Wrestle Circus Cassidy and Jervis match where Orange Cassidy gets rocked to sleep. Was that the first time you saw him? That was the first time I saw Orange Cassidy. And I was like, I need to watch more of this. Because <laughs> it's just amazing. Also because Gentleman Jervis is also amazing. Yes. Jervis, if you want to come on the podcast, we'd love to have you. You're a lovely, sweet man. And I think you would uh, make a nice addition. Or are we just going to start calling people out in the middle of the podcast now? I don't give a shit. I you know Jervis is a very sweet gentleman. I would love to come on the podcast. Yeah, I, I follow all his tweets, and he's very uplifting. He gets me through some days. His his pets are adorable as well. Yeah, they are. Okay, back to the wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were talking about a show, weren't we? <laughs> yes. So next we had um, Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express in a six-man tag match. Yep, it was pretty much what you would expect from it. It's a very uh, spectacle-filled match. And, like, Jurassic Express being Jurassic Express, you know, Jungle Boy is a very solid wrestler. Mm-hmm. Luchasaurus is going to kick you in the face. Yep. And it'll be really satisfying. It'll look great. And Marco Stunt is somehow miraculously going to hit a Rana that probably shouldn't work. Marco Stunt is going to hit a lot of things that shouldn't work, and is going to get hit by a lot of things that should kill him. And I say this as someone who actually genuinely likes watching Marco Stunt. I fully admit I wasn't sold on Marco when he first started showing up. Mm -hmm. It seemed a little bit weird for the dynamic but then when they got into the tag team tournament and luchasaurus got injured and marco stepped in i kind of groaned a bit at it but after that first match like i'm sold yeah no he Th this kid is, knows what he's doing and he can move like hell he's so interesting like it's not what you expect from that's the thing like with the the fact that you know there's not like the, the whole like weight classing thing oh there you, kind of was <laughs> At the end. Uh, right, right. But I, I, like that you get matches that are booked between guys of dramatically different sizes is mm -hmm. more what I mean. And like, you know, you can have some really interesting dynamics when you have a tiny dude like Marco who weighs like about as much as Riho and 90 pounds soaking wet with a brick in his pocket. They bill him at like a buck 20. Yeah. But I'm skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's the same kind of energy as watching Rey Mysterio uh, 15, 20 years ago when he was going against guys like Kevin Nash mm -hmm. or Big Show or even like John Cena. It's like where he is obviously the underdog, but he's also at like his peak at this point. Right. Not saying Marco peaks from here. No, <laughs> I think Marco can only like at where he is right now, he he goes up. Yeah. And he has got a high ceiling with what he can do. The way that he, like, works the whole ring. Yeah, that was one of the notes I actually made here. Is in, like, the first 30 seconds of the match, he's hit every corner and the outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, obviously, we also 
adore Luchasaurus. Yeah, no, Luchasaurus is a is a, a really good hot tag target. Mm-hmm. Comes in, does what he has to, dominates everyone else in the match, and then um, Jungle Boy as the cleanup is just perfect. Yep, it, those those tail lips are so fun to watch. I know he does it. Like he, you get the hot tag, and he's gonna kick every person in the match in the face. Yep. And if anyone's waiting outside the ring, they're also gonna take a boot to the face. <laughs> and then he jumps out of the ring, and, and it it works. I don't hate it. No, it's a it's a great formula they have going on. It still works. Yep. Let's also talk about Santana and Ortiz and Sammy. Yeah, we probably should. They were because in the match too. They were also in the match. Oh goodness! I, oh. I legitimately I love the dynamic of Santana and Ortiz. Yes, like, just you know that they've been working together a long time and they've known each other, mm-hmm. and it's Fire just style. <laughs> and they're both such different characters. They're very different characters, but like it's a kind of like. Okay, so, like, comedy nerd alert. It's (laughs) very much the two-man act. Yep. Yeah, you have the straight man and the funny man, and they work well together because the two-man act has worked well together forever. Yep. And Ortiz selling anything. (laughs) The way he sells is so, so incredible. Because, like, when they started in AEW, he didn't really... I don't think he was that dramatic about it, but he, he's just been amping it up since then. And it's like, yes, I, I look forward to seeing Ortiz sell stuff. Like, he, I, it's it's a little comical, but like, it's comical because it's like very cartoonish, not cartoonish, um, like comic booky. Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit biff. Bam pow. Yes, like exactly. Like, you expect there to be a biff or something that shows up on the screen. Yes, definitely. Uh, and then, like, Sammy is Sammy. He's obviously a very talented wrestler. I love how much I hate Sammy. I I don't hate him. I actually... Okay. I, I hate him in character. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like, I, I don't even hate his character. Because... Hot boy. Hot boy. <laughs> I, I think it was summed up at the start of the match, though, when they were getting into the ring, where one of the commentators actually said, and he loves him some Sammy. It's like, yep. yes, that, that encapsulates the Sammy Guevara character entirely, and yet it's not good enough. No, Sammy worships Sammy. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that match had a, you know, I, I think it had the expected finish. Um, uh, I yeah, Dress Express been kind of hot lately, so yeah, it, it makes sense that that they would go over on this. Um, I'd like to see them challenge for tag titles, particularly if the Bucks don't win it this week. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see where that goes from here. Because like, the way that it could go is you know, if if the Bucks get the title. Which is an entire possibility. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that they retain for that long. But, it, like, I don't know. Having two, like, short runs in a row also doesn't feel great. Yeah. 
it, it really depends what they end up doing with the Page and Omega storyline is where that'll go. And then the Bucks are more active on the show than like Cody is. So I can see yeah. them having room on there for that to be regularly defending. For sure. And like it kind of feels like the way that they've been setting up Jurassic Express that like they feel like they're going to be the next ones to get the push. Yeah, they're definitely setting them up as a threat. Um, okay. Thoughts slash prediction. <laughs> Kenny and Hangman retain. Okay. But they separate as tag partners and they vacate the title. Mm, a year from now, I could see that happening. But right now, like we just came out of the tag team tournament for them. Fair. Another tournament would be excessive. Yeah. I can I can see more like a uh, rock mankind kind of thing going on where one of them just gives up and lets the other one lose. They've been pulling that angle with um, what's his face like the walks away from the tag match. Sean Spears. Well, it's a little bit different because Sean Spears is looking for a tag partner because Tully says he needs one. But yeah, it is very, it's a very similar look. That's what, that's, that's the thing. Like, yeah, you know, and like, you don't pair fucking, although that would play into the Sean Spears is looking for a tag partner. If Hagman Page leaves the elite and so he needs a partner. Mm hmm. Interesting. I could definitely do with seeing more Sean Spears on the main show, not just main eventing dark. Okay. That's your Canadian bias, though. That's my Niagara region bias. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> Every time he comes out from Niagara Falls, he's like, no, he's he grew up about 20 minutes away from Niagara Falls. Different city. <laughs> Aaron, I'm sorry. Nobody wants to be built from where you're from. No one wants to be built from St. Catharines. No. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either, actually. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather be Buffalo than around here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, yeah, that we've been going for 40 minutes. That's fine. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um fuck so yeah that that match ended about as as we expected we got some pretty solid advancement of the darby and sammy plot darby has a mad ball now mm -hmm. be scared <laughs> i hope that comes out on saturday i really do i am very excited to see darby allen wrestle again yeah I, I, I'm also I really... very terrified of seeing darby allen wrestle again because i don't want darby to hurt himself <laughs> Well, the crowd was chanting, Darby's going to kill you. We're just not entirely sure which, who was being chanted at. <laughs> I do like that, like, the way that they've set things up is that the inner circle have been assholes to literally everyone. Yep. <laughs> so now, like, there's really not much inner circle left to interfere in the um, Jericho Mox match. Yeah, it's only Santana and Ortiz that don't have a match on Saturday, isn't it? I think so. 
Oh. Okay. So the next one, the next match was, um, oh, is it Butcher and the Blade versus Best Friends? Yep. Again, like a solid match. It's about the it's the match you would come to expect from these four getting in there. Uh, one note though is Orange Cassie was still selling the punch to the face he got from Pack as if it just happened. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure Peck's fists are just made of concrete. I honestly, I would not disbelieve that. <laughs> it's Peck. Yep. I I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly thought this match hit exactly what this match should have hit. Yep. It was a great tag match. It hit all the notes it needed to. It showed off everything that I w- would want it to, mm-hmm. to really get a sense of how these two teams feel about each other. I also feel like... The Butcher and the Blade have been given a bit more space to grow outside of being, you know, hired guns and lackeys. Yes. They feel like they have more personality now. And I actually heard that mentioned in one of the recap shows I watch where they were saying that they've they've gone from being hired guns to just being out for themselves now. Right. It's like they, they, they've gotten their in. Now they're going to make a mark. Yeah, and I think that's a very good way to use the characters. Yes. Another great way to use the characters is by having Bonnie and Orange Cassidy continue their feud. That's a very good... God, that that moment was... That, that, like, that's, that whole spot. I was hoping that maybe Orange had put a cup on or something after last week. Instead, he, he just catches luck. her foot. Yep. <laughs> It was such a good, I, uh, the, and then the, the glasses and ears exchange. Yep. Just like the perfect way to use Orange Cassidy. I feel, I appreciate that, like, particular, cause like Cody has talked about this. Cody knows that they have to be very careful with how they use Orange Cassidy. Yep. Because like he he's over in a way that like, I don't know anyone else in the company is over. It is a very unique position he has. Yes. Like, no one in most of the wrestling world is over like this. Like, nobody can get a crowd pop from those lazy kicks. (laughs) Yep. I mean, like, nobody's really wrestled like that before either. Wrestled in air quotes here. Not really, no. Like it's a very unique, like it's a unique gimmick. The the just the fact that hands in pockets gets the whole crowd going, and being able to work a like half a match with his hands in his pockets. That's it. Like the the hands in pockets kip up is consistently very impressive. Oh, I gosh. also I also do want to appreciate like uh, Chucky T and Trent. Making the joke that Orange Cassidy might actually try at the pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, when Tony Schiavone was in the ring afterwards, and and they announced that match for the pay-per-view. And this time, he's going to try. He might try. He might try. We, we don't actually have confirmation that he's going to try. <laughs> like, the, the best statement and the best follow-up from Chuck and and uh, Trent. I, I appreciate the best friends a lot. And the the uh, three the three man best friend hug, 
Yeah. The, no, the sorry, the Fort Man best friend hug with Tony yep. was a got to give the people what they want. <laughs> Always give the people what they want. They, okay, we we also haven't talked about this, but there were some pretty solid Excalibur moments too. Oh, I I didn't take notes on Excalibur because just everything he says is right. <laughs> uh, so, like, um, while we're here. I appreciate the fact that Excalibur is willing to like tell, not even tell, like he, what he, he, the way that he navigates the fact that JR and Taz say some pretty problematic stuff sometimes. Some very not aged well things. It, it, I appreciate that he's willing, he doesn't like disrupt the show, but he like kind of makes them the butt of his joke. Yes. So that they feel bad about it. And like you get a little bit of catharsis. And, and like anytime they try to rub him for something that he says, like Tope Suicida or any other uh, Mexican influence name for moves that they just don't know, it, it just kind of slides off him. And he's like, well, that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was very solid. Um, what do we have? We had the. Um, the four the four-way match for the women next right yep with yuka sakazaki big swole shanna and hikaru and i sorry my, do we want to take hikaru again kind of hikaru there you i'm go. bad at this <laughs> but uh my note here can, is uh this you, is if you just want to say shida that works too no <laughs> okay <laughs> but my, my note here is that it's goku versus storm versus magical girl and Sheeta. <laughs> yuka's music is adorable i love i love that i just love everything about her and this match really showed it at the, the start magical when they did girl splash Yep, when they did like the three-way test of strength in the middle of the ring, mm-hmm. and Yuka's on the outside, like I didn't even get invited. <laughs> she just walks into the middle and starts trash talking them. <laughs> I, 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 for sure, appreciate the like the amount of willingness they are to work with Joshi, because it's not really something you get a lot of in the u.s particularly on tv yep so it's very fun to see that like exhibited yeah like even when wwe was showcasing uh japanese women's wrestlers in the early 90s it was still aja kong and bull nakano right who are very beat you over the head style <laughs> not so much what Yuka and Riho are do- are doing, right? And like, so like the the match that um the match that wasn't like officially booked on the Jericho cruise between um the Superbads and Kenny and Riho. The Superbads, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, the mixed tag match. The mixed tag match was incredible. And like that 
for me, more than like any of the bookings she's had so far, showcased the way that Riho works and how yes. well Riho works. So I'm glad they've kind of revised their policy of like, you know, intergender stuff. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not scared off by it, but uh, try that again. They're not scared off like many other promotions mm-hmm. have been because it definitely can get problematic. But if it's approached like any other match, then and you treat with that level of respect, like it's you can get it over just as easy as anything else. And like they got that match over. Like Impact has made a whole their whole mm-hmm. uh, world heavyweight division on it, leading up to Tessa Blanchard and I can't remember his name now. <laughs> Sammy Callahan. There you go. Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan f- fighting for their world title there, and it's just it's just another step. You right. have people who get the same training who have the same amount of care for their opponents in the ring, so why not let them work together? Because we have societal expectations that won't allow it. Even though it's all a work. Yep. Like, I'm not even gonna... People complain about shit that they shouldn't complain about in a sport that is (laughs) fake. Fake here in air quotes for the podcast listening audience. I think we're both thinking of the same situation here. I don't yes. really want to say it out loud. No, we're not. We're not even giving you that shit dignity. Yeah. That said, this four way match was very well done. Like, I think if I had to give, like, I mean, like, th- those were the matches for the night. Like, the worst match was still like a very solid three-star match oh yeah easily like i i wouldn't give anything in like i wouldn't give anything in like honestly the last what three weeks worth of dynamites anything below like a bb plus and out of those three weeks like i would say this was the less intense one yeah no like the um and it's still a really tight heat for for all three right like okay so like we had i mean like we had what two weeks ago we had the lashing or is it three three weeks weeks ago ago was lashing three episodes of dynamite ago was the lashing yep then we had the steel cage match which was last week and then, like, this week, we have the fucking Iron Man match. An Iron Man match and the weigh-in for and Mox weigh-in, and Jericho. Which we need to talk about. The weigh-in was incredibly entertaining. Oh, my goodness. It, of all the ways they could have done it, this is the outcome I expected. But the delivery was just perfect. Absolutely. I... Like, the, just the just Jr. yelling about the Dippin' Dots. <laughs> okay, backing up, back back to the start of the segment. Okay, where Mox comes out normal, but he's got like his gym clothes on. Yeah, he's just like chilling. Yeah, Jericho comes out with the um, 
oh, what are they? The Painmaker Posse. Mm-hmm. With the uh, Gracie train going on. <laughs> they get in there. Jericho refuses to go first. Mox goes up, gets weighed. Because he's a champion, he shouldn't have to go first. Yep. Jericho takes his sweet time. Now, here's the thing. Jericho stalled for time here. He didn't actually stall for that much time. It was maybe a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. I've definitely seen these segments like this go longer. But eventually gets to the point where he's yelling in Moxie's face and just gets headbutted. Mm-hmm. And broken open because Cody isn't there, isn't on the show this week, so someone, so has to, someone else has, has to bleed. Yeah, someone else other than Cody has to bleed. <laughs> okay, um, I will bet you, you can choose not to take this bet. Oh, goodness. I will bet you a slice of pizza from Apocalypse <laughs> the next time we go to Apocalypse that Cody <laughs> bleeds during the pay-per-view. <sighs> I'm going to take this just because I also want to slice. If, but yeah, definitely. So if Cody does not bleed during this pay-per-view, which seems suspect. That would be, yeah. Aaron will buy me. No, Aaron gets bought a slice of pizza. <laughs> Either way, Aaron's going to buy some pizza. <laughs> Either way, we're going to have pizza. And like, it's a trade-off who buys the pizza anyway. Yep. <laughs> but um, like... Yeah, there was like a lot of really good parts of this weigh-in for a weigh-in. It like it it fit really well. It felt super official. Yes. Like AEW doesn't have weight classes like we mentioned before, but they're still doing a weigh-in, and it still has that weight of real sport to it. Mm-hmm. And then, as we said at the start of this part, uh. After the headbutt, the, the whole inner circle just jumps Moxley, as you do. As you do. And then Dustin runs out. Takes as he Hag- does. <laughs> takes Hagar, fights him to the concession stands, where the greatest rivalry in wrestling continues. <sighs> AEW versus Dipping Dots. I mean, it's not Dipping Dots, it's a Dipping Dots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it wrong on purpose. <laughs> Dipping dots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're just gonna start. Are we gonna start calling it dipping darts? No, that's cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, so it's where you dip your cigarettes in some sort of liquid that makes your cigarettes get you really high. Oh my god, you're not cutting up THC capsules for this. <laughs> I'm not cutting up THC capsules or CBD capsules. <laughs> Whatever they or are. Or anything. <laughs> um, where were we? Dustin Hagar and the Dippin' Dots. Dipping Dots. Dipping Dots, yep. And then Sammy comes out, or Darby comes out for Sammy again. But uh, Darby's already got a little bit of an up on Sammy. Uh-huh. So he gets taken out immediately with his own skateboard. Yep. So they're back at Square after the night. Like, it... it... Which is really interesting going into a pay-per-view. Right. Because usually you see, like, whoever's going to be winning gets their butt kicked the show before. It's just kind of a tradition. Right. Like, like, like Mox. Yeah. Mox taking a paradigm shift onto the scale. (laughs) 
getting hit by his own move. Yep. So with Sammy and Darby at one and one on the night, they're a little bit more open of, to what's going to happen then. Right. I well, I feel like I feel like that's the most open match. Yeah, it, it's the one that's been the least advertised. Well, it, it, that and the Bucks and the Elite. Yeah, true. I feel like both of those are very open match. Okay. Hager and uh, Dustin is also pretty open. <laughs> huh, now that you really sit down and think about it. <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Pac is pretty open. Uh, I think that one's going to go to Pac. There's no way it doesn't. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a huge amount of heat for him. And... I'll be screaming at the screen going, no, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> or oh, wait, no, he's still moving. <laughs> Orange Cassidy just goes full Saitama. Oh, God. <laughs> and, like, one punches pack. <laughs> the second Orange Cassidy actually tries. Oh, God. Okay. I, I don't think the Cody versus MJF match is open at all. No. Cody has to win that one. Cody has to win that one. Because if Cody doesn't, there might actually be a riot. <laughs> if Cody doesn't, someone might actually try to hurt MJF. Yeah. <laughs> that would just be, that would be a scary situation. Absolutely. Uh, like, I, I mean, Max has been playing that heel character to complete perfection. Well, he lives the character from, <laughs> yeah, from so many reports at different events. What, that he's an asshole? <laughs> No, that, that he's actually playing his character 24-7. He, he doesn't drop it. Yeah, that's called being an asshole, Aaron. I don't think he's actually an asshole. I kind of hope he's not actually an asshole. He's just very method about it. Yeah. He went to the um, Method 1 clinic for acting. <laughs> not the acting school for ovoid boys? <laughs> no, they're not... Not Dr. Orion's <laughs> acting school for ovoid boys. If you want to understand that joke, go listen to our other podcast, Unsound Theories, through the Sosa's Media Network. Aaron, save that for the fucking mid-roll that we have to put in somewhere. You have it. Just cut it out now. Okay, uh, Okay. Anyway. Th th that's an interesting point from chat. A member of the chat said, Ignore this, but after The Fiend lost, MJF can beat Cody and it still won't be the worst thing to happen in wrestling. Uh, we're not going to bring it up because we stay positive <laughs> on this show. Oh, <laughs> well, it's it, it actually can be kind of positive because with The Fiend losing uh, this week as well in Saudi Arabia, uh, literally anything in wrestling is open at this point. Okay, that's a that's a solid point. Like, yeah, it's like, no matter what you do, it won't be, it might not have that level of shock to it. So there's a large ceiling from where we are and where we could be. I a lot like of things fit in there. I, uh, uh, I, <laughs> okay, so I don't watch the other product. Um, I, like, I, occasionally pick up, like, a little bit of NXT news because Adam Cole is attractive. Um <laughs> I'm glad you finally admitted that. I, I've never been in denial about it. 
Okay, for for listeners, just to clarify, because we need to, I guess we need to get into this. I have like an aesthetic attraction to dudes, but don't actually find them like relationship or sexually attractive. Bing! The more (laughs) you know. Understanding cat. So when I talk about wrestlers being hot, it's from an aesthetic perspective rather than from, uh, or at least male wrestlers. Anyway. Oh, God. Yeah, let's talk about old Fergal DeVitt. That boy has the finest butt in wrestling. (laughs) Old who? (laughs) Sorry, Finn Balor. Okay. We're not hiding from calling people's butts on this show. I just used his... I just used his name. (laughs) It sounded kind of mumbled on my end. No, I just used his real name. Okay. But yeah, no. um, I don't learn wrestlers' real names. Good old Finn Balor. That is a... You could bounce an entire toonie off that butt. Fair. Very fair. (laughs) Anyway, now that we've had the butts segment and we've finished the show... Let's move on to the segment of the show that we're calling What's Your Beef? Now, I have to go back and remember what my beef is. And did we have a thing for what's your... Did you have a thing for what's your beef? Uh, I didn't know what's your beef was a thing until we started the show. <laughs> okay, it's the one thing you get to complain about. Okay. Uh, is it of anything? Preferably or- related to the show, but... Preferably related to to the dynamite, then? Yes. Hmm. Don't worry. We'll cut out all the silence. Of course, yeah. I I had a thing, and I can't remember now. Okay, well, I'm going to jump in, then. Go for it. Because the one beef I have right now, uh, not going into the other show, is with Matt Hardy right now and the Dark (laughs) Order. Okay. And... They're teasing this so much and so pointedly that if it's not Matt Hardy, that's the exalted one, I just have to get up and leave. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, the way that they've been set, the, the way that they've been pushing that angle and the way that like they've been putting in those little sneaky clues, like fucking JR calling them the bucks of youth. <laughs> yep. Because, you know, our children will not grow up to be spot monkeys like the bucks of youth. Uno literally saying obsolete in the promo this week. Yeah. Yeah. There's been... um, Matt Hardy calling himself exalted in one of his YouTube videos. There's been a lot. Yeah. And, like, it would be very emotionally disappointing if they dropped that. If they, like, hinted this hard... It's something that wasn't a done deal. Yeah. So it's not so much a beef right now, but it could be. Okay. This is my beef in the making. So you've got, it's, it's not quite beef, but it's similar. Yeah. Call it. It, It's cooking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's a Satan right now. Hail, hail. Um, I definitely had a point of beef and I can't remember it. And I'll like listen back to the podcast and be like, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Just insert it afterwards then. Just ADR it. That's the uh, joy of audio only media. You can do stuff like that. Right. Audio only, she says, as we live stream to 
the entirety of the internet. I mean, we're not putting the raw audio out, so it's going to get edited. You are editing this, right? Uh, yeah, I'll be editing this tonight. <laughs> I honestly, I had a really, really solid time with this episode, and there was, there really was something I wanted to talk about. And Emma called copyright infringement on me, so let's let's scroll back and see. I yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, we'll ADR this in. <laughs> I may never remember. <laughs> you so remember I'll, about midnight when you finish re- editing this. Yeah, midnight. Definitely. I'll finish editing this before. Oh, you know what my beef is this week? What's your beef this week? Dynamite came out an hour and six minutes ago. Right when we started recording the podcast. Oh, you mean dark? Yeah, dark. Sorry. Dark yep, came out this week's an dark hour because... and six minutes ago, right when we started recording the podcast. <laughs> because there's a pay-per-view tomorrow night, they put it out early. Which they've always done. We're just <laughs> but we dumb. didn't think about it. <laughs> I actually need to take a pause in recording right now. So I can get up for a second. Okay. I will vamp and entertain the crowd. Well, hello, everyone. Um, so, I... I'm planning a wedding. And boy, howdy, that's exciting. Uh, You would be very surprised at how expensive that shit gets very quickly. I was watching a video and someone was like looking at dresses and there was a $20,000 dress. Who has that kind of money? I don't understand how you spend that fucking much on a dress. (laughs) I just... $20,000. If that was the budget for my whole wedding, I'd be like, we spent too much on this. I do, however, have some color palettes picked out. Those are exciting. Okay, chat. Important question. What should I put on my registry? (laughs) Because I have no idea what to put. Like, the ideas I have thus far. A Dutch oven. A stand mixer. And money to buy lightsabers. Oh, your registry. Okay. Yeah, I'm vamping with <laughs> chat. Yep, that's fine. Killing time. Unwillingly mine. Spiro. Faint. Not even once. Oh, At least three times. Well. Anyway, um, enough <laughs> fucking Echo and the Bunnyman. Let's move on. Yes, Aaron? No, no, I'm good. You're good with Echo and the Bunnyman? Yep. Did we want to talk about uh, Dark? Sure. I got notes on Dark. Well, the first Dark of the week I have notes on. (laughs) Yes. The Tuesday Dark. Dark from Atlanta. Yep. Ah, Kat was pulling up the YouTube video so she could remember what she watched. (laughs) I thought that's what you were doing. (laughs) Okay, so... What did we have? We had um, Dark Order. No, the first match was um, Jimmy Havoc and Marco Stunt. And I thought Marco Stunt was going to be killed. I thought Marco Stunt was going to die. <laughs> yep. Especially after the match Jimmy Havoc had with... Oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. The boy from Jersey City. Sunny Kiss? Yes. 
<laughs> I'm terrible with Concrete names, but I don't write them down. Yep. Especially after watching Havoc's match with Sonny Kiss and like how he was working over his uh, arm, I believe it was in that one. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could just imagine what he does to someone like Marco. So like my thing with, um, with Jimmy Havoc is that like, yes, he's brutal and like, very like vaguely deathmatchy no he is deathmatchy yeah he's vaguely deathmatchy in aew (laughs) okay in aew yes he has incredible like catch fundamentals oh yeah he is a great wrestler as a wrestler and then he just makes it incredibly brutal to watch Mm mm-hmm and like He's best friends with Zack Sabre Jr. It's good to know. <laughs> yep. Um, no, it's just like the way that he works is very like he makes you like I, I mean, like it obviously hurts, but like he makes you believe that there's some real danger. To, I mean, like there's again, there's real danger, but like he makes it look like he knows what he's doing to the point that he's deliberately hurting people. Yes. While not doing that. Yeah. And that's very, very, very impressive. And I mean, like, that match went exactly how you expected it to go. He's good at stage danger. That's exactly the right way to phrase that. Yeah. Yeah. Marco got a little bit of offense in, in the form of low pace suicidas. Mm-hmm. That's where you go through the bottom rope. <laughs> because you're too, middle. you're too small to go through the <laughs> middle rope. So, yeah, hitting all that and just managing to kick out of everything, taking mm-hmm. an what, absurd amount of abuse. It's what Marco's good at. Yep. And one of the, what should have been one of the key features of this match was Luther and Mel showing up. Mm-hmm. The remnants of the Nightmare Collective just kind of watching Jimmy Havoc, who they called out the week before, I believe. On the Dynamite before, I'm pretty sure. So I was hoping to see a little more of them to kind of push the story. Right. Especially because the announcers seemed a little confused why they were there. It's like they literally just called out Jimmy Havoc and now they're showing up in this match. That's what you would expect to see, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, there's like, there's a lot of like, I, it just feels like they've kind of lost the train of thought for Luther and Mel. Yeah. When it was decided to drop the Nightmare Collective, it kind of stopped all the momentum they could have had, and they hadn't built that much to begin with. No. And I think, remembering that we are attempting to be positive, Yep. I think the Nightmare Collective had a lot of potential and could have been really, really good. Yeah. Uh, somewhere along the way, they kind of lost what the target they had was so i think the nightmare collective would have worked better with a target yes now with luther and mel out here targeting see how i did that uh jimmy havoc like i'm looking forward to what could be done with that and there's there's a ton that can be done with that and i'm excited to see where they go with it definitely um I just 
strongly request if anyone at AEW Creative is listening to this for whatever ungodly reason, <laughs> whichever one of you has a fucking tongue fetish, calm down, please. <laughs> I'm not here to kink shame. It's widely publicized that I'm a very kinky person. Wait, it is? Yes, it is. Oh, that explains a lot, actually. Yeah, it does. Um, but like, please don't be Tarantino with feet, but with tongues on dynamite or dark or in general. <laughs> now, like if you have personal projects where you want to put a lot of tongue in it, go for it. But just please stop putting it on TV so I have to watch it. <laughs> please. Thank you. Okay, what did we have next? Uh, next was the Dark Order versus Stronghearts. Which was, again, I mean, like, okay, I feel like, not even again, this was the first match where, like, I really enjoy. I, I enjoyed the Dark Order conceptually. Mm -hmm. This is the first match where I really enjoyed them technically. Okay. That might just be, like, the way that I watch wrestling, whatever it may be. It was... It felt very good in terms of, like, the way that they used both Uno and Stu. You mean Grayson? Uh, no, I mean Stu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that, because it is also the first, uh... uh it was yeah, Stu it's Uno. probably the, fr the first match of Grayson and Uno, w while their whole Exalted One a bit is really boiling over. I, so, okay, I did enjoy them in the tag tournament. Yep. But, but, like, but they have a story going on behind them now, so it's a little more to watch. Yes. That's I what think, I'm getting at. Yeah. No, and like I think pulling them into the tag tournament was probably ultimately a mistake. Yes. But... When it didn't end up really doing much for them, then yeah. It, it would have been... It could... I don't... They were introduced too soon, and it could have just pulled a team of jobbers for that instead. Yeah, but it seems to have really uh, got him into gear after that. Yes, no, to, like to really get going with with this whole storyline, which is some good from uh, a little bit of annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, like I'm happy with where the Dark Order storyline is going. I think the Dark Order needs a big get, though. Definitely. Before they reveal the Exalted One in June, when the non-compete <laughs> expires on Matt Hardy's contract, before they do that, I think they need a big get. Yeah. And I don't know if that's Christopher Daniels or, you know, I mean, like, probably not Peter Avalon because he is just... No. No. He's got his own thing going on. He's got his own thing. I don't... Uh, I'm not 100% that they're going to get Shima. I feel like Shima has too much of a history of success. Yeah. And Christopher Daniels before had the whole uh, Fallen Angel gimmick that he had going on. True. So he's got a little bit more history with the vibe that Dark Order is giving off. Mm-hmm. I do have one note here for this match is that uh, apparently Chima is 42 
and I will never believe commentary again after they said that. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because there is no way he's 42. Well, let's look it up. I'm sure he actually is. I, I don't want to believe. <laughs> oh, Aaron. He's just in really good shape. I know. November 15th, 1977. That makes him 40 a 2. Yep. <laughs> oh, the- he is in amazing shape. Mm-hmm. Also, T-Hawk, those fucking chops. Oh my goodness, yeah. That's some, like, some real real business he's got going on there. There's real pepper behind those. <laughs> There's salt and pepper. <laughs> Which now reminds me of that time Patrick Stewart was hosting SNL and had to introduce... Salt and Peppa as the musical act. <laughs> Salt and Peppa. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, T Hawk is very solid. Oh yeah, all of Strong Hearts mm-hmm. are solid in themselves, and they tag so well. They tag really well. Yeah. So, so this match was just a joy to see, and yes. it ended with. A win for the Dark Order, which much needed. Yes, it's hard to view them as a real threat, as like bad guys, heels. I don't even know that they're they're heels, but they're not like heel heels. You know, they're I feel like they don't draw like heat. They're just kind of a little bit more of like those weird guys who try to recruit you for, I don't know, knocking on doors and distributing free literature. <laughs> That's a fair analysis of the situation, yep. Um, so, yeah, like, I, my one thing is that it is kind of hard to take the threat of the Dark Order seriously. Because it's th- they've been losing so goddamn much. Yeah, for a long time, it felt like they're trying to push them more into, like, being Saturday morning cartoon villains. Because they, they show up, and they're very grandiose. Mm-hmm. And they're recruiting and everything, and then lose. And they lost prote- spectacularly. Yeah. It is it is interesting to see what they do with, like, the mid-card stories. And I think Dark Order has grown into their story a lot. Yeah, they will be a very good mid-card story point in the tag division. Mm-hmm. In a tag division that, until now has been very top tier right like they, like, they introduced the tag titles and it was just everyone gunning for that mm-hmm. all the time so th- this you can take a little bit of a back seat now and you can have more going on and more room to grow you know absolutely I'd like my one thing is i'd like to see um god fuck what are their names the other two ones that don't wear masks Oh, silver and gold. <laughs> and Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> sure, it's silver and gold. And Yukon Cornelius. <sighs> Look, if I'm not allowed to make Rudolph jokes, what's the point of having a podcast? <laughs> Okay, I see your point. Consider. No. 
<laughs> I've considered it and I've decided to say yes instead. Alex yes. Reynolds. There yes. you go. Yes. 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 Look, just because he's a vegan doesn't mean he has to be your favorite wrestler. No, he's my favorite wrestler because he's really fucking good at what he does. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> the non-committal Daniel Bryan. Uh? 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 That's just Orange Cassidy. <laughs> no, that's... Cat. I have sunglasses over here. I know it's an audio medium. <laughs> You're doing visual puns. I'm doing sight gags in an audio medium, which is also a thing that people do in podcasts. Just ask the McElroys. <laughs> I don't think they'll return my calls. They might return your tweets. Okay. I'll get right on that. <sighs> okay, what else did we have at dark in dark? Uh, um, we had uh, Joseph Janelsif and um, Kip Sabian again. Yep, because this feud is going. I'm not really sure when that one's going to stop. I. It might stop after this one. Uh, it was it was another Kip Sabian Joey Janela match. Penelope took some more bumps. I did like the start of this one, though, where Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford come out. They're, they're posing on the ramp, and Janela gives a low blow to Kip right, and rolls was, him up. This was a false Count Anywhere match. Yep. Rolls him up on the ramp, and the ref was not ready for this <laughs> and had to book it to the top of the ramp to, to make a count. Which, by all accounts, means that... <sighs> Joseph Janelsov should have won that match two seconds in. Yep. Negative two seconds in. Now we know when it's a false count error match in AEW, the refs have to start mm. at the top of the ramp. Yes. This is story building we got going on here. But yeah, this was a very good match between the two. It was more like a two-on-one because of how much uh penelope 4 was getting involved right because did they state that in false count anywhere it's no dqs it's pretty much assumed yeah you can't really enforce anything like anything resembling rules once they leave the ring yes and like penelope ford is very good i just need this gimmick or not this gimmick this fucking um rivalry plot line feud feud that's the word i was looking for the feud needs to kind of die yeah it's because it's burying. i, I, wa it's I want to see a resolution to it I, yeah a resolution would be nice but like right now it's burying both kip and penelope and joey janela yeah and they're all too good to like really be yeah all three of them would be better served not buried not under. turned up in a in a Storyline lovers quarrel. Yes. That from all remarks on commentary and interviews is completely one sided. Because <laughs> apparently Janela just doesn't care. <laughs> um, and then our last match of the night was um the tag match. <laughs> Who tag 
Peter Avalon tagged with Sean Spears. Yep. And honestly, I forget who they went up against. <laughs> it it had I, the uh, same finish as Sean Spears' last tag match. Yeah. Uh, I spent most of it just watching Sean Spears because I'm enjoying his work with Tully Blanchard and just being angry with his tag partners. I think Peter Avalon did a, a pretty solid job of holding his own. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, that it it really felt like that didn't matter. Oh, it was Dustin and um, QT Appleman. <laughs> QT Appleman. Okay, that's his name now. <laughs> Look, it wouldn't be a podcast I host if I didn't take someone's name, completely botch it, and just, like, thing that they do, men. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Like, that's, that's, that's a thing that we just do. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of fun in here, because I always like watching the librarians work. Because Leva gets involved, and there's books being thrown around, or she'll just get dragged on Dustin's ankle. <laughs> that was a, that was that was cute, um, and I like the part where she slips Sean the book. Yep, <laughs> that was also well done. Which he then hits. He hit him. With, he hit QT with it, I believe. I think so. I don't have a note on exactly that spot. But yeah, hits him and throws it into the crowd, it looked like. Okay, I remembered my beef. <laughs> Let's okay, wind it I'm ready. We're in What's Your Beef again? I'm ready. My beef? When are they gonna fucking DQ people in AEW? DQs can be satisfying endings. Uh, when Pac hits Kenny with a chair in the middle of an Iron Man match. I know, but that being the first DQ, people get away with way too much shit. Yeah, it, it, interference and drawn out tag team moves. I'm like, okay with the 10 second rule. But they go past it. They go way past that. Yeah. And then they'll, I mean, like it's tag wrestling. They're always going to have, you know, the four man brawls in the middle of the ring. But like, there's a lot of weird, like, assistance and yeah it's effectively a 60 second rule <laughs> yep <laughs> it's a 10 second rule but 10 seconds starts after you've spent the last 50 seconds setting up the move <laughs> one get a snack two i'm gonna let you carry this bit right till 10 <laughs> Three. Four. These are really good. <laughs> what are they? Earth Balance Vegan Chatter Flavor Squares. Five. Dear Earth Balance, please sponsor us. We're both vegan. Have you ever had Trader Joe's Sour Scandinavian Swimmers? Six! I, I don't think I've ever been to a Trader Joe's. 
Oh, fair. They don't have them in Canada. Yeah, basically vegan cheese dips. Seven. Um, maybe next time I'm down, you should take me to a Trader Joe's and I'll just stock up on things to take on the plane. It's a good idea. Eight. These are not very sour for things that they call super sour. It needs more citric acid. Nine. I mean, as do a lot of sour things that people claim are. Oh, wait, they got back. Yeah, one of them left the ring. Hey, all right. On to the match. (laughs) Yes, I can believe that I did that entire bit. I can, too. I can believe that I let you do it, too. And I'm going to leave all of that dead air in there. Because it's like listening to the count. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my beef. <laughs> the beef is too lenient. And they have been since the start, so it's kind of like... It's part of the brand a little bit, but I would yeah. like them to call it a little tighter. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. Okay. I think we've kind of... Did we... Yeah, so the finish was... The, the finish was too lean. Brandy hitting a spear on Leva Bates while wearing heels. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. That was impressive. Holy crap. Brandy can work in heels in a way that is astounding. Yeah. Like, I can run in heels, I can dance, as it were, in heels, but I could not hit a spear in heels. I can barely walk in heels. Like, I can do chunky heels, but not proper heels. And, like, it's just, it's just so fucking impressive. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. (laughs) So, yeah, the Nightmare Family cleans up that one ending last week's show and we still have to go through and watch dark for this week that'll be our next week's show yeah so next week's show is gonna be a long one (laughs) because we're gonna have to go through a pay-per-view a dynamite and a dark and it's just gonna be two hours of me screaming ah it's so good oh you know what match we didn't talk about as a preview for Dynamite as to whether or not it was relatively pre, you know, relatively easy to call. It's the um, Nyla versus Chris Statlander match. I really, really hope that Nyla isn't a one-week champion. I hope so too. Like, but I, I joke about the Matt Hardy stuff causing causing me to riot and leave and all that. If Nyla lo- loses tomorrow night, I would actually just be deflated. You know, that I think she's I, I think it will be an excellent match. Yep. I think Nyla has to win. Otherwise, she's a paper tiger and they don't want to do that to one of their strongest competitors in the division. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. You know, also, if- Nyla Rose is allowed on the podcast anytime she wants to oh yeah no no not yet yeah, <laughs> nyla if you'd like to come on and hang out with uh two fellow trans you're always welcome to we'd love to have you on the show i still have to watch that show she was on on canadian television <laughs> <laughs> 
it was pretty good. I watched it before I even realized that was Nyla. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I. It is important to note that we also do love Chris Statlander. I love the alien gimmick. It's just oh, such an adorable gimmick. I honestly love everyone in the women's division, but I need Nyla to win. <laughs> I, I, I need. I, I need. I could. I could leave Mel. <laughs> it's because she hasn't been booked well. No. If at and, all. And you can't really hold that against someone. No. Where's my train of thought there? You love everyone in the women's division, but if Nyla loses, you'll riot. Yes. Like, it. she she needs to be like that monster heel target. Right. Britt Baker is a very good, annoying heel target. Right. But it's not quite the same right now. Britt Baker can pull a lot of heat by... Oh, yeah. By A being a dentist um because as as we as we well know when you're a dentist you have a talent for causing things pain are you gonna break in a song now it's wrong for the priesthood teaching would suit you still less son be a dentist and you'll be a success that musical has been in my head for the past two weeks. I can't get it out. The leader of the plaque. <laughs> I don't even like musicals. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I love musicals. We, I, I am not doing Suddenly Seymour. I don't have the range for that. Nor do I have the range for Somewhere Green. Emma's gonna finish the song. Who has their teeth stunned by the Marquis de Sade? Oh, that hurts. I'm not numb. Oh, shut up. Look out. Here I come. I am your dentist. Okay, I will say this while we're on the topic. I went to the Broadway recording of it, and compared to the show we saw last week, it's kind of flat. <laughs> the production that we saw... Um, Em, are you okay with us mentioning the location of the, or like the name of the theater company? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> so SMT Scarborough Music Theater did a very, very incredible job of putting on a production of Little Shop that I swear to God, if they don't win awards for it, I will riot. But it'll be a small scale riot because like Emma, what's the organization called? ActCo. ActCo? Right. I, I will have a small-scale riot at the ActCo offices, wherein I just hold up a sign that says SMT was robbed for like 20 <laughs> minutes and then leave. This is our Montreal screw job. <laughs> right. We're not a musical podcast. We're a wrestling podcast. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Bringing it Come back. on. Wheeling us back in. Okay, so Aaron, I'll talk to you tomorrow for the pay-per-view uh yep i've already got it ordered in the meantime thank you for listening uh thank you for watching if you're watching the live stream on twitch do you want me to do you want me to do the thing that's kind of not really our thing so i don't know if we can do it on the podcast yeah i guess not goodbye mm-hmm.
Good night. Bang. Thanks for listening to Marking Out with my girlfriend. If this episode was the hawk to your animal, tell a friend who'd love it. Not only will you Dwayne Johnson their world, but you'll be a rock star spud in our books, and we'd love to give you a shout out. Marking Out with My Girlfriend is a production of So Says Media. Follow us on Twitch at So Says Media to catch the latest broadcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at So Says Media. All music used on Marking Out with My Girlfriend was created by Sounds Like an Earful. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.